Are you down with OPP? Well, you know V. I'm showing my age right there, right now, <clears throat> with uh, Naughty by Nature. They definitely do not make music anymore. And if they do, strike fucking lightning on me. Whatever, we'll look that up later to see if they are. But I don't think so. Naughty by Nature is from Queens. And uh, they made, like I said, OPP. They made Hip Hop Hooray, Ho, and Trench was in Oz. Whatever. Welcome to Still of Insane's Keep Up. Or some of you might know it as Keep Up with Still of Insane. It's still my show. Uh, right now, I'm on a little hiatus from the radio station. That's uh, DTF Radio, keeping it real hot and fresh with Z-Fly and Jamie. We're also trying to get other hosts. So I'll be back in two Sundays from now. Happy Labor Day to everyone, not being all laborious. And uh, shout out to the union workers and all the workers out in the world, making sure this world goes round. I work in communication, so I make people look pretty damn good while they're doing their work. And there's a lot of people that help me out in my fucking work. So let's do it. Right now, I'd like to talk to people that put LOL, laughing out loud. We all know what it means, the acronym. We live in a world full of acronyms. SOL, you're shit out of luck. BRB, be right back. Um, shank me later. SML. You know what? I really hate SMH before I get into uh, this one. I don't know why. Like, I, I don't. There's certain people that should not be shaking their heads, especially fucking dumb people. And they shake their heads the most as if it's so obvious that something's dumb or that you missed something or how could you miss something or that's disgusting. In disg- I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up with that face. I will slap that right off that shake. My- no, I'm not even going to let you shake your fucking head. I'm going to do the shaking of your fucking head for you. Here you go. Ring that bell, bitch. No, I don't I don't like SMH. But anyway, I definitely don't like this either. And I like this even less, if you can even believe that. LOL, which I don't have a problem with, but when it's misused and it's overused. Like, for instance, my cousin was hitting me up the, uh, the other day and he was asking a question. LOL. As if it was the question mark. And every single fucking sentence, he sounded like a fucking weasel. LOL. Uh, I'm about to get my pap smear. LOL. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend just died. She got hit by a a train, a moving subway train. LOL. Is there anything people won't put LOL on? I think it's a cop out, and you know how I feel about cop outs. I feel like you can say whatever you want as long as you put LOL on it. And it's a damn shame excuse. Not a good one. Not a good one. By the way, I fucked your wife. LOL. That's the disclaimer right there. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine recently was like, as long as you make a disclaimer about what you're going to do, the person really can't be mad at you. Well, I don't know the I don't know the logic in that, guys. There's really not that much logic in that, to be honest. This guy needs to be slapped while he's about to shake his damn head, too. Shaking my damn head. S-M-D-H, is that what it is? Or suck my dick? That's what it, that's SMD I'm all about. I'm all about the SMD. 
SMD from across the street. SMD from across the hall. Suck my dick. I mean, suck my dick sounds so much better than SMD. I, I used to have uh, my brother-in-law used to say uh, S the D. Won't you S the D? And when I told them to just plain old suck my dick, everybody uh, got really upset at me. I don't know why. But LOL. LOL. Awesome acronym. We know what it means. I give a little ha-ha just to break from the monotony. Just to, to break the trend a little bit. But LOL. Anybody does LOL. Everybody does it. It's fine. But like I said, oh, I, I, I killed the dog by accident. LOL. I cheated on the test. LOL. I forgot to get you that movie ticket. And the show's about to start in 10 minutes. And the soul, and it's sold out. LOL. By the way, you got evicted. LOL. BTW. LOL. <laughs> so, you know, acronyms, I guess, make things better. Makes things uh, more palatable. But uh, LOL after every sentence does not excuse you from what you're about to say. Or what you're about to ask for. I had a buddy of mine. He didn't do something for me that I was very upset about. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And he asked for something for me. And he puts a nice little LOL at the end of it. All wrapped up in a bow. And I guess that means that, uh, sorry buddy, I fucked you over before. But now I need something from you. L-O-fucking-L. You know... I also uh, I also don't appreciate cock blocks or cock teases. And that gets us to the second portion of this monologue. Which would you prefer? I'm going to put this on a, uh, a poll question on my Instagram, on the Keep Up Instagram, which you should follow. It's called Keep Up NYC. I also have my personal Instagram, which is mostly travel, but it promotes my shows. As well, my radio show and my podcast. Keep up with Still Vinsane and keeping it real hot and fresh. RHF, DTF, dropping the flavor. Also, deeply, thoroughly fucking. No, I'm joking. But uh, real HF, I, I, I like feel like I'm a real housewife of Florida or something like that. But no, it's <laughs> real hot and fresh. So. So many acronyms, guys. I don't know what to do with myself. Feeling on my tits. F-O-T. Fought for the thoughts. The thought over there. The hoe over there, I mean. Goodness gracious. I'm even confused. But anyway, back to... Let's circle back. Circle back. I had a coworker that used to say that. Circle back. Circle back, Fabian. Fabian, circle back. That was his favorite phrase. But now that we're going to circle back, which would you rather have? A cock tease or a cock block? Now let's make the argument for both. A cock tease. That's someone that thinks it's okay to dry hump. That's someone who thinks it's okay to send nudes or partially nude things or talk about sexual adventures. And I don't know. I guess, like, we're entering a little bit into rape culture here or, like, expect false expectations or whatever the case may be. But cock teasers are no good, guys. No, 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 no. You need to stop them in their tracks. 
You need not to get into that aggressive behavior like uh, Aziz Ansari did with that girl that exposed him on the text message. I don't know if he necessarily deserved to get exposed because that was a private conversation, but technically he did because you did a douchebag move. And I was talking to my brother today. We all got away with some Me Too shit from back in the day, especially in high school. Nobody respected each other, especially women, unfortunately. And to be honest, if I redid high school again, I would be a lot more sensitive to the plights of that, that go on with women today. But I definitely did not. I definitely was misogynistic. I definitely said more worse things than grabbing a pussy in a locker room. Not even going to lie. The locker room talk is filthy. Disgusting. Some of us should go to fucking jail for the locker room talk we've ever talked. Woo. But uh, we definitely look down in locker room talk, though. We definitely look down on cock teases. And to be honest, that should, that shit should just stay in middle school and and possibly high school. Cool, cock teases are over there. But nowadays, either fucking or not. My man Jada Kiss said that a long time ago. Girl, is you fucking or not? Word, word. My man, my man. Same thing. Are we fucking or not? And to be honest, I'm a cock tease too. There are some fucking ugly women out there in my life. And I won't fuck you. I'll have you in my bed. We'll smoke a blunt. We'll do all types of things. We'll watch a movie. And people get it damn dumb and twisted that I want them sexually. Sorry. No, I don't want you sexually. And I know that I complain about being single, but I don't want you either. LOL. But um, anyway, that's that's what we get for talking to cock teases. Is it worse to be a cock block, though? It should be. It should be criminal. You should not be able to make the pro ball off of cock blocking. I don't know. You should not be able to take that trip to Hawaii. You will not. If you're not willing to get other people laid, why are you hula hooping it up and trying to get laid by Lilo and Stitch? Huh? The same forgetting Sarah Marshall. We didn't forget. You can't be cock blocking. What? What? Okay, cool. Cock tease? No. Couldn't be doing that either, but at least that is in your own parameters. Cock blocking, you are fucking it up for both people. If someone is in the midst of about to fuck, that means both of them really want to fuck. There are statistics out there. I don't know who made these statistics. Probably some Venus versus Mars part type bullshit. But they say, they, 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 who the fuck knows who they is, But again, I've heard many studies and many women attribute to this, saying that they know who they are going to fuck before the man knows that they're going to fuck. Every single time. I'm sure my ex has done that. I'm sure many girls have done that. They have known. And even when you don't fuck them, like there there was this girl that I didn't fuck, unfortunately, and hopefully I get to fuck her soon. But I missed my opportunity. But in her mind, we were going to fuck. And it was up to me not to fuck it up. And here comes Cockbox. I have been in many situations. One time I had to pay $50 worth of shots in order to get this female away from this group. Because when women uh, go in packs, again, their cockblocking senses are their antennas, their cockblocking antennas just rise up to the occasion. And so you got to liquor them up, man. You got to be like that Dave Chappelle episode. You got to get some some fucking uh, 
some toaster fucking pizzas and all types of shit. You, you got it uh, for the fat friend. You got to get uh, one of your homeboys, one of your hoe homeboys that'll sling him some dick. That There's one of them. That, there's always a hoe group in the... In, then there's like the really butchy looking one. She could either be really like too masculine and she really can't get with guys. So all three of these women hang out with this girl, the hot girl that you're trying to get with. And uh, they hang out with her for, you know, notoriety and getting into clubs and shit like that. And she hangs out with them to look better. Because no matter how hot you are, if you have other hot girls next to you, you don't look that hot. And we we end up starting to compare. And then when you go out, you get chosen over like it's a fucking dodgeball game after school. And you don't want that. You don't want that. I'm I'm kidding, to be honest, because I don't like doing that. I, I'm not saying I'm the best looking person, but I have been excluded from groups because of how I look. I had an ex-friend, that, that fucking Randy douchebag, makes him look even much better. But he said that um, he did not like hanging out with me because he didn't like having girls to choose. He uh, he wanted to have the, the full potential of fucking all to himself, all to his little imp self. Cool, dude. Cool story, bro. But I'm going to try to stop talking about those things so much. I know you guys uh, got some entertainment out of it. That's cool. But don't want to beat a damn dead horse, or in his case, a very uh, small pony. One of those ponies that are just uh, with like three legs and sipping from toxic waste, hopefully. But again, which one is better, a cock tease or a cock block? Like I said, I'll bring I'll be bringing this poll to my Instagram story. Hopefully, you guys will interact with that. Sometimes you guys don't. You guys like just laughing at my posts or laughing at my stories. I don't really like interacting. Shout out to this fucking cunt out there that I tried to interact on her story. She was just like, she put up a fucking brown ass emoji and she's white as fuck. I mean, I know she hangs out with a lot of hood people, but that does not make y'all black. It does not make you down. That's cool. I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy that you you know the struggle and shit like that. But I'm allowed to laugh if you use an emoji that is five shades darker than you. I don't have to like, you know, I don't have to like disapprove. I don't disapprove. I think that's actually pretty cool. But I'm allowed to laugh at it. And this girl, like, basically called me annoying. And so now I'm never going to interact with her damn feet ever again. She poses questions. She does all this type of shit. She probably gets more attention from me than she deserves. So anybody like that. I've seen many people like that. Like, oh, you let, like, oh, don't like this uh, this post too quickly. Or, you know, you, you ever seen people shout out? They, don't, they do it less now. But people used to shout out other people that would like their photos. And, like, it would just make them look like a total loser because they were sitting there liking so many photos in a row. And then you embarrass them. And then they end up not wanting to like your shit. And then all of a sudden you have less likes on your fucking post. Good job, you dumbass. Making you seem more famous than you really are. And embarrassing people at the same time. Good job. Good job. You, my friend, are a cockblock. See, look at that. You're stopping other people from getting dick or pussy through trying to fucking embarrass them online. Look at you, you fucking internet bully. Go fuck yourself.
am I listening to? And I'm listening to a few things. Right now, I've been listening to the Joe Buttons podcast. It's pretty good. It's not as good as uh, the Everyday Struggle. But let's talk about that real quick. The Everyday Struggle, Joe Buttons left because of creative differences. And I found out a lot through his Breakfast Club interview. Now, you guys know that I've been hot and cold with Charlemagne the God because uh, supposedly raped his wife and he's pulled a Cosby on a couple of people. So, you know, he got away with it. So right now we're going to have to be just putting on, on probation for the moment. So he's still one of the people that I kind of look up to radio-wise as far as his delivery and performance on, on the uh, Breakfast Club, now on Revolt. I think it's still on 105.1 Power. Uh, that's cool. But I think it's more syndicated now. So they record in the Revolt studio. Shout out to my boy Phil. Shout out to my nemesis, Mr. Brandon. He used to work there as well. So, yeah, Diddy's Network. It's really cool. So the Breakfast Club is still one of the uh, Angela Yee and who else? Oh, crap. Oh, DJ Envy, uh, former Hot 97 DJ. They uh, they gave Joe Button the realness. Joe Button, when he was 23, used to be a co-host on the radio show with DJ Envy also. And they said they used to fall asleep on the thing. They were trashing him. They were calling him a two-hit wonder, not even like a one-and-a-half because of Focus Man and... Um, the jump off and technically they were right like he really didn't have that many hits his albums were failing miserably so he had a chance and Kevin Lyles he is the uh, the head of Hot 97 and he basically gave him him and his manager gave him the ultimatum that it was either radio which he had a beautiful potential future in because of his voice his, and his great opinions but to be honest, it was a blessing in disguise because then he got to go through the music industry and now he has more reference to talk about. Now he has stories that he has gone through in the in the rap and hip hop and anything in general. I'm sure he's toured around the, the world and throughout the country. So he's a lot more to say and he has a lot more insight that we never really get to have. Like nobody in rap has really done well and talked about it in an interesting way. And he's able to do that. He, he may not give us like a Charlie Murphy story, but uh, he has a good pulse on the information. He's come at Drake a few times. He's come at a few people. And uh, so he came on The Breakfast Club and he was very humble. He was like, yo, like DJ Envy and Charlemagne, you actually put me in my place. And so it, it was really cool. I'm not saying like everybody needs the humblest guy to be interesting. Definitely not. He's still the same Joe Button. And he knows that his music career didn't pop off the way that it was, but he's a very good podcast guy, and he got swooped up by Spotify. He's exclusively on there, so if you're trying to find a good podcast out there, and if you're missing the everyday struggle that used to be on the Complex, owned by Mr. Uh, what's his name, Mark Echo, and uh, Academics is still on there, so I don't think it does as well as it used to be. They were kind of gossipy anyway. Not that we don't like gossip. If you listen to my show, you definitely like gossip. But when you lean too many ways and you're not a balanced act, um, not a balancing act, but you are a balanced talent, it shows. It shows. And Joe Bal- Joe Buttons, um, hopefully he gets the creativity that he deserves to carry on with the Joe Button Show on Spotify. I'm also on Spotify, motherfuckers. You could be listening to this through Spotify right now. Who knows? So... Right now, I've listened to a few things, and uh, 
You're living under a rock. What whatever music you listen to, if you didn't know that Eminem came out with Kamikaze, Kamikaze is the you know, you people usually respond to other people's albums or diss tracks and stuff. But Eminem decided to respond to his own album. Now, my brother is a big Eminem fan, and I'm I'm a big Eminem fan too, but it's hard to call myself more than him or my pledge brother. Shout out to Phi Delta Theta. My pledge brother, Justin, who uh, he's actually going for prosecutor right now um, in Tipton, Indiana. Shout out to him. He's doing very well. He's a great lawyer. He was a great brother in the fraternity, brother in the bond. So I love him. Great guy. But uh, he loves Eminem. Like, really loves Eminem, and so does my brother. They listen to it nonstop. I, I used to, I had to take like a break from listening to him because they would listen to him in the shower, in his room, anytime there was a recommendation, anytime we were on a road trip. Guys, there's no artist out there that's that dope to listen to 24 7. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, when I was in a fraternity, we had a pledge song for Hell Week, and everybody gets their own, and I'm sure that's the case in many other fraternities and sororities, and you get this theme song, and we had Fill Me Up Buttercup. Now, I love something about Mary, just like everybody else, but to listen to that every day for a week, that's why they fucking call it Hell Week. So, Kamikaze, like I said, was a response to the Revival album. Revival had on the cover the American flag. He did a lot of Trump bashing. He did a lot of institutionalized racist. You know, it's basically things that black rappers talk about. And now you got a white rapper talking about it. It's not that other white rappers haven't. He dedicated a whole like social justice scope. By the way, I listened to uh, Ben Shapiro, the Ben Shapiro show recently. Yes, I listened to conservative news and and radios and podcasts. So uh, same thing with Steven Crowder. But... So Ben Shapiro said that social justice is basically like redistribution of justice. Justice actually is justice. And when you counteract it with social justice, it just means that you're negating the, ju- the justice. Like You are excluding justice for other people so that you can have more outcome, outcome-based justice than equal opportunity justice. That actually really hit home to me. Now... I agree with affirmative action. He does not. And I agree with, um, and I am in the form that I do believe in institutionalized racism and I do believe in white privilege and I do believe in an unconscious bias, but he made good points to that too. He was saying that's a ghost of a ghost. Like how could you even be cognizant of something that you were unconscious about? Damn, that dude is really smart. I really disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but that dude would be really hitting home. So you should listen to his podcast, too. That's on the Daily Wire. He actually owns that network. It's not so many lies. Sometimes he'd be going a little overboard. But he doesn't, like, try to overdo the lie. Like, at least if he, like... And he acknowledges other realities. He, he You know, he's a Orthodox Jew. And he, uh, he sees the point in atheism. I'm more agnostic. So that's cool. You want to be like that. You want to be well-rounded. You want to be really smart when you have these podcasts. Uh, like I said, I've, I listen to Mark Moran. Uh, I listen to the Shortcomings podcast. There's a lot of really good ones. I used to listen to Serial. So I found out that I'm really not into murder mysteries when it comes to radio. But I've also... So, <clears throat> back to Eminem. So, 
Eminem came at Charlemagne the God. He came at Sway. He came at Joe Button. Joe Button has been saying some shit. Uh, he, like I said, he talks shit about everybody. So now that he's a podcast celebrity, nobody is safe. And nobody's safe from Eminem, apparently. This dude went in on Kamikaze. And Kamikaze, as you know, is a Japanese expression where you just blow yourself to bits just for the the to win the war. Same thing with the Kamikaze jet uh, pilots that were in World War II. And they were whooping our ass, actually. So I would need to go a bomb on their ass because that, uh, that really sucked. Love being American. Happy Labor Day. So uh, Machine Gun Kelly was somebody that ripped him a new one, I guess, on a tweet in 2012. Said something about his daughter. And Eminem said not to say nothing about his daughter. So Machine Gun Kelly came out with a response. And he came out with, like, an ether, to be honest. And he started talking about, like, stop wearing all your sweat sweatsuits. Stop crying, even though you're rich. Why are you so mad? I'm taller than you. I don't have to look up to you. I'm six foot four. You're five foot eight. Uh, you're always just mad and in the studio. Yo, Machine Gun Kelly is nowhere near the lyrical ability of Eminem. But I was talking about this with my brother, too. It's not that Pusha T was better than Drake lyrically at all in the freestyle. But I get what people are saying now. If that's the if that's the rubric that you want to go down, then you're right. Nas won against Jay-Z. Then Pusha T did win against Drake. I guess if you are saying that the more disrespectful and the more insults that you sling, that is the battle that you have won. And to be honest, technically, you're right. You're right. That's what it is. You're supposed to humiliate someone in a battle. In a rap battle, whether it's on Smack DVD, whether it doesn't matter. You are supposed to win that battle. Me, I like lyrics better. I like a put-together song, so I like Takeover better. I like Back to Back better. I like Doopie better. I like all those things better. I even like Eminem's, uh, his new album, Kamikaze, and I like the uh, way that he didn't show too much towards Machine Gun Kelly because in even in Eminem's album, he says that like whenever I do clap at someone, I give them a lot more notoriety than I would get myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't get extra money for coming at Machine Gun Kelly. He does. So he has his crazy youtube video so let's play a little bit of kamikaze actually let's play a little bit of revival my favorite song because i had to re-listen to the revival because the reason why he came with this album is because revival was kind of whack even though it had a really cool message you know that i don't like the current administration but i don't like to talk about it too much so i would never dedicate a whole episode to this administration uh, things that I don't like, yeah, I like to bitch about, but I like to, I don't like to put too much focus. So, whatever. Let's hear a little bit of Revival, and then we'll hear some Kamikaze, and then we'll hear the diss track from Machine Gun Kelly. Here we go. This ink you haters get rolled on, like a piece of paper. This rap shit got me traveling place to place. You barely leave your house, cause you're always stuck at your pad. It's stationary. Yeah, that's why when I brainstorm, gotta write it out, write it out. Simon Cowell of Rhyming Foul, that's why you sound so shook, why you bound, notebook, got tie around, jump, hook, hook, get inside your mouth, go, 
it's what it's like when the mic is out. Cause I'm tearing at your flesh with it. So your larynx and neck is split. With these lyrics, weapons expert with. Like hair extensions, extra clips. And you're scared to effing death a bit. Bitch, you're staring at a legend that. In a pair of sketches, sweatshirt rip. And hoodie black should be strapped to a chair of stretcher electric. Swear on every record, bitch. Fingers so high in the air, I bet your senses flip. Like a barometric pressure switch. So the first song was called Chloroseptic, featuring Fresher off uh, the Revival album. Like I said, that was the very American-themed uh, album in outrage towards Trump and his administration. And uh, a lot of people said that he went pop, including Charlemagne the God, a lot of other people. So let's, lead, let's read the features on this album. Beyonce is the first song, which that song is trash 
Walk on Water, trash. Horrible way to start an album, by the way. Walk on Water, it's a terrible song. I, I don't even want to play it. I've played it for you before, actually. On this show. Terrible, terrible song. We have Fresher. Like I said, I love that song. It's called Chloroseptic. So good. Then we have Ed Sheeran, who's being sued also by the Marvin Gaye estate. Same thing like Pharrell did with uh, Robin Thicke. So you have, uh, what's it called? Uh, like you're 17. Yeah, they're saying that it was a, a ripoff of sexual healing. Yeah, you can hear it a little bit. And I think Ed Sheeran's going to lose that one. We also have Like Home by Alicia Keys. Kaylani, the one that tried to commit suicide over, I think, cheating on Kyrie Irving. Pink, and I went to her tour, and you know, the motherfucker didn't even have the nerve to show up at her concert at MSG. Foul on you, Eminem. But anyway, so the second song is called The Ringer, and that song is dope, and it touches on how, like, when you try to answer back in a battle and it kind of backfires because you kind of give you kind of make that other person more famous and so then we came on to rap devil which is a response and a play on words from rap god and you saw machine gun kelly come after Haley. you saw him come after the sweatsuits like he's tony soprano i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna stay wearing that and i remember back you know people let that dude get away with wearing a do-rag guys how did we let that happen cultural appropriation and you let Eminem get a pass. Come on. Come on. I love Eminem just like everybody else. But we can't let the motherfucker with blonde bleach hair wear a do-rag. Come on. Come on. Anyway. So Machine Gun Kelly, what else? He said that he responded to something since 2012 and that he's the prodigy. None of those things are true. But they were highly disrespectful. So Machine Gun Kelly, you get some respect from me at least. I love Eminem light years more. I actually had, I think I've seen Machine Gun Kelly actually. I think I saw him at Made in America as a matter of fact. But he also performed in uh, Atlantic City recently and I had a chance to go but I did not. I went to a end of the year kickball party which is happening soon for my kickball team anyway ironically. So Machine Gun Kelly, Pusha T, Nas, one of my all time favorites. Keep making battle rap and keep making America great again because I love battle rap. So I don't give a shit. I love and I love beef. Let's talk that shit, motherfucker. That's one of my hashtags. Talk that shit, motherfucker. So anyway, off from that, we have some new music from Afrojack, Theophilus London, Calvin Harris, and Janet Jackson. Let's get into that real quick. Why not? Play some jams for you guys.
Paging Reggie Noble. Trying something new, trying something new. Uh, give you like a little block of music so I don't have to like really do any breaks. But I can break them down all. <laughs> I can break them all down. So, right now we have that we played. We played Afrojack, Bringing It Back, pressed from the album Press Play. I saw, bringing, I saw Afrojack a few times. I also saw him at Studio Square where most of my kickball gatherings are. Very cool venue for music. I wish they played more music there, actually. They have great food and entertainment. They have really big monitor screens, so it's really cool for musical guests to come through. I played Moonlight by Disclosure. They're big on the festival scene, too. Their new album is called Moonlight. Last week, I played The Return by Logic. I love Logic, even if he's biracial. He talks about it sometimes. Fuck all you motherfuckers, especially all you guys with the black experience. Quote on fucking quote. I played Famous by French Montana and Adam uh, Levine. Uh, you guys definitely didn't hear French Montana in there. It's all gay. His part in there is not that memorable anyway. So it's a remix featuring Adam Levine. So I guess that's his. Oh, yeah, it's from his album. Whatever. His album's okay. If you're a hardcore French Montana fan, I guess you'll like it. Which I don't get because French Montana does a lot more singing now. So why would you like him more than you did before? Whatever. Third Eye Blind, one of my favorite bands. Shout out to Oscar. We saw them for the first time together. Shout out to Oscar watching Dawson's Creek. And he just finished and he had a little teary eye too. He was he was on the Snapchat. Oh man. LOL. You fucking sensitive little bastard. So anyway, uh R.I.P. to the young man Tiesto. He uh, died recently of suicide. And his new uh, his new song is called Wow. He's uh, the Tupac of DJs right now. So we had B-E-B-E-Y. And that is Bebe. And that was to the break line. That was Theophilus London. Watch you break my air, air, air. 
I love Theophilus London, guys. I'm a big fan, and that's a great song, and that's from his new album, Baby. Then we played 1990 Now, and that was Redman. And who doesn't love Redman? To the club up. Let's get dirty. And he played a really cool, nostalgic little beat for us, and we love Redman. Go him. So we love Justice 2, and that's Love S-O-S, triple W in the parentheses from Woman Worldwide. And by the way, this is all from my new release, Wire on Spotify, brought to you by Spotify, and also my podcast on Spotify. Don't forget that. Penny the Disco has a new song. We didn't play that. Promises with Sam Smith and Calvin Harris and Jesse Reyes. Jesse Reyes is really cool. She's actually on a new song. Oh, yeah, she's on the album with Eminem, his new album, Kamikaze, which is really cool. Good guy and bad guy. And they, they rip it, actually. It's kind of uh, a dichotomy, and it's not even a dichotomy. It's actually uh, a Catch-22, which this is episode 22, by the way, guys, of Keep Up with Still Been Sane. So the Catch-22 is, or the double-edged sword, whatever cliche you want to fucking use, cliche, cliche alert, is that uh, you can't be either or the good guy or the bad guy when you're in his position. So that was cool. Jesse Reyes has a very vulgar potty mouth, but I love her. I mean, but I love her. I love potty mouths. What am I talking about? I mean, but. There is no but. Ass. Ass and titties. So then we had Made for Now, which is Janet Jackson and Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee is still doing it, and so is Janet. I'll be seeing her at Global Citizens Festival with John Legend. Cold War Kids, we didn't play that, but that's uh, Can We Hang On? And uh, I guess that's a Parson Brown remix. I didn't really feel like listening to that. Uh, I guess there's a new My Milkshake remix. Not really down with that either. Remember St. Vincent's got a new album coming out. And then we got Sia. We didn't listen to that either. And we didn't listen to the Spanish version of Banana Clip. Cool. I love Miguel. Miguel just uh, performed at Afro Punk, which I missed because I saw 311. We talked about that last week. So that's it for what I've listened to. Let's do it. What the fuck? Did I just watch? What did I watch? Did I watch some porn today? Did I beat my meat today? Yes, I did twice. Keeps the doctor away. Just like an apple. Hey, that's another cliche. Does an apple really keep the doctor away? We're going to have to talk about that on another episode. Write that down. A fucking pen. Oh, here we go. Write that down. Apple a day. Boom. Actually, I made a little apple uh, drawing because who has time for that type of shit? I don't, I don't even know why I said I have a pen. But the, by the way, I'm about to get a an e-pencil, actually. I'm about to get a, a, a whole new tablet. Shout out to Samsung. That's my homies. I love Samsung. I'm about to get a Tab 4. And it comes with the actual uh, pen. Uh, iPad Pro is really cool too. It's a really awesome tablet as well. It's actually in most circles ranked number one because of uh, because they actually make the apps for the Apple iStore. So that's cool. And Android apps are known to just stretch out mobile apps onto the tablet. But that's cool. But the one that I have is HD and it has its own Dex D E X, and it actually will play. I mean, it will actually turn into a PC once you hook it up to the keyboard. So that's really cool. And there's a lot of really cool features on it. So now I'll be able to watch 
movies on there on the go more often and not drain the battery on my phone. I'll be able to use my e-reader and watch, I mean, listen, maybe, sorry, listen, read more books and read more graphic novels. I've always wanted to do that, so it'll be vivid on the picture. It's also the only 4K tablet right now. I'm sure iPhone, I mean, I'm sure uh, Apple is on its way doing that, and I'm sure other ones like Nexus and shit like that are on its way. But for now, this is the only one, and I'm a fan of Samsung, so let's see how that goes. But right now, let's get on to the movie that I watched. I watched it today. It's called Kin. And it is uh, written and directed by the Baker Brothers, Josh and Jonathan Baker. It is based on the story, the short story. I love short stories. As a matter of fact, I would like to write more short stories. Because you don't need to write a whole novel. If you are if you are actually going to tell a, a – Siddhartha is a really good one. There's so many good short stories. Alchemist is not a short story, but you get what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be 500 pages for us to get – the page just like some of my friends on facebook you don't have to write a whole essay to tell me what your point is and you definitely don't need to repeat yourself you know i hate that you definitely don't need to repeat yourself when you're fucking making your point either either make a new point or say nothing bitch but anyway kin kin very good movie i liked it a lot and it's from the same producers as stranger things stranger things on netflix very very good movie and you can even tell what the with the aura and the sci-fi vibe and uh, the camera work. You can tell it's the same camera people and same editors and shit like that. Very good movie. So we have Jack Rayner. He is the brother of this this little this little black boy. And uh, Dennis Quaid is his father. And he's the father of both of these, uh, these kids. And actually, let us see what this, this kid's name is. His name is Miles Truitt. And he plays Elijah, and his brother comes back from jail, and I don't. I guess he went in for robbery or something like that. So while he was in jail, he was getting protected by a gang run by James Franco, and he owes sixty grand, and he tries to get that from his dad, and he tries to get it through something I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to spoil it from you. So, but before that, uh, my man Elijah he finds this gun inside this while he's going to find scrap metal. And it's from an alien life force. So he's able to fend off people that's messing with his brother and anybody that's trying to give them trouble. And then obviously the aliens or whatever they are try to start looking for them. And it goes on from there. And there's a potential work for a sequel. But the thing I want to talk about with this, and it's a great movie, highly recommended. It's not what you think. It doesn't have that. It's subtle. It's more subtle sci-fi. Then it is like a phenomenon or some kind of blockbuster hit. It kind of takes the form of Stranger Things, like I said. It's more weird and more elegant and dark. So that that's the type of thing that you'll be seeing even when the gun is being played with. It's really cool, the, the, the special effects that they put on that, the CGI that they put on that. So I highly recommend Kin. But let's get on to end credits and mid credits. I went to go see The Meg. I went to go see a few other movies. And every time I go to see these movies, thank you, Marvel, you have made me conscious of if there's going to be an end or mid credit scene. And I want to know. I'm going to be posing this question on my Instagram story also. Do you like end credit scenes? Do you want them to be for every movie? Or do you like it that it's exclusive for Marvel? Because we heard 
The producers from DC say that if you want to see end credit scenes, go watch a fucking Marvel movie. Rude, crude, with a little attitude, but still correct. So I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, I feel like a dickhead when I look for it on my phone. And then I notice that they don't have an end credit scene. By the way, spoiler, Kin does not have an end spoiler scene. Most movies don't. Rich Crazy Asians, all that. I always try to find out why not. And you would think with the Meg they would because it probably is going to be a sequel. Also, that did very well in the box office. But yeah, end credit scenes, mid-credit scenes. Marvel does it so much. I've gotten so used to it. I have to look and see if other ones are doing it. So like I said, go see Kin. That is with Dennis Quaid, Zoe Kravitz. She plays a stripper that goes on the road with them. James Franco, he's the gangster. He's really good. And he got robbed for uh, the that movie, The Disaster Artist. So good, so good. Uh, Carrie Coon from The Leftovers is in it again. She plays, what do you know, a cop. She's been playing a cop in like everything that she does. And that's about it with the movie. I saw the show Disenchantment. We're still on Netflix. Matt Groening, he created The Simpsons. He also made Futurama, which is so awesome. Uh, Bender and all them. Uh, I know a person that put Bender as a tattoo on his ass. Shout out to Crayon Coves. He has uh, quite a few uh, tattoos and logos that are his favorite and sports logos. I don't know if I'd put a sports logo. I'm a big uh, New York sports fan, but I really don't need to do that. Shout out to him. He he likes doing that. As a matter of fact, he has a tattoo, and I've talked about it in another episode. Do not trust this man. And the person that put that on the back of his back was the, his tattoo artist and a tattoo artist that had been cheated on by him. So, Crayon Coes, I love you. And if you ever listen to this, you fucked a tattoo artist's girlfriend, and you thought that he didn't know, and he tattooed, don't trust this man on your back. By the way, near your Kim Kardashian tattoo. So like I said, he's a he's a walking advertisement. And you don't want to do that. You want to have cool tattoos, but you don't want to be a fucking walking NASCAR. No good. So what else? So Disenchantment is about a troll and this, this uh, princess that's played by Abby Jacobson from Broad City. And I love her and I love her little booty. She's great. She's a great artist also. She I have her artwork on my on my wallpaper on my phone. She does the animation for the Broad City, which is coming to an end. It's last season. I'm very sad about that. Next we have Shameless. It's coming up on Showtime. Fiona and the crew. Uh, fun story. I was on a subway cart one time and I was staring at her and I I thought it was her. And then once the subway cleared. She made her way towards me, and she said hi, and she said, oh, I thought you were hitting on me. And the way she said it was if, like, she was disappointed that I wasn't hitting on her. Guys, I fucked up and did not try to pipe any Rosam or whatever. Sorry. V2, V2. That's my disclaimer for anything uh, grotesque that's about to come out of my mouth. V2, V2. Anyway... Um, Emmy, Emmy Rossum, she's a great act. Uh, she's okay actress actually, but she's so cute. And I think I missed out. And as soon as that moment happened, I called my mom. What a fucking dweeb. I said, Oh my God, Emmy Rossum, I think was hitting on me and I was supposed to be hitting on her and I fucked it up. But anyway, Shameless is coming back this week. 
and it's on its eighth season. You can catch up. Actually, it's on its ninth season, and you can catch up on Netflix. You can check up on that on Showtime Anywhere. Love Shameless. It ended off with Fiona being a hoe. No, I'm joking. She actually became a little less hoey. She started venturing out and buying some real estate, owning some businesses, a laundromat, all that good stuff. Got divorced. So you'll see in the new season how that plays out. Lip seems to have gotten a very short haircut. He was going through alcoholism last uh, season and he was fixing up bikes and then he ended up fucking the girl that was at the bike shop and some daughter just left and shit and it gets it always gets hairy on Shameless. And there's also a British version on Netflix if you're ever bored and you're missing out and you have withdrawals. I also saw a new show called On My Block. Which has an eclectic cast of Ronnie Hawk, Jason Janeo, Brett Gray, Diego Tanako, Sierra Capri, who is so hot. And I'm glad she's 20 because she plays a high schooler. And I was like, damn, she's cute. And I almost had to fucking label myself as a sexual predator. Whoa, boy. Uh, But anyway, she's cute and she's actually of age. So they play high schoolers and they have gone away for the summer. And they come back and they notice that their clique is not as tight as it used to be because one of their main members, who is part of a Mexican gang, I guess in California, he uh, decides to go more of the gang route with his brother than hang out with them, even though they hooked up the summer before. So it revolves around that group of friends. And it's very cute. It's a very cool show. It kind of reminds me of Everything Sucks. Um, Netflix has... Uh, has taking the copycat formula from Freaks and Geeks, and they're doing pretty well with it. So on my block, I would recommend that. It's coming back for a second season. And that's pretty much what I watched. We talked about end scene credits and mid-credits. We talked about Kin, Disenchantment, Shameless, Ozark we talked about before is coming back. It already came back, actually. It's very, very good so far. Starts off a little slow, a little Godfather-esque. But Jason Bateman knows how to do it. And watch out for Man in the High Castle coming soon. Uh, it's always funny in Philadelphia is coming back. This week is also, also the 13th season. And now it's owned by Disney. So let's see how that goes. They, I love that show. Somebody asked Charlie Day, why don't they come out with a movie for It's Always Sunny? And he said that people only do that when they can't make the show that they want. And he goes, we make the exact show that we want. Damn. That's words to live by. I like to make Keep Up the best show that I want. And if you like it, that's cool too. What the fuck? Did I just say? Or did you just say? We all just said. Didn't we? So last week we talked about it. It's a little preview. And I to give a little prelude of why I am I'm calling people out for saying this. Is because who is to say someone is a piece of work? And what is a piece of work? That's why I'm talking about it this week. Can you tell me what a piece of work is? I know it means a pain in the ass, a thorn in the side, a piece of shit. Hillary Clinton. No, I'm joking. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of Hillary Clinton. I definitely voted for her because Bernie got cheated by her. But we all cheat, and if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And she's much better than uh, 
the orangutan, the orange tang, poo tang in the office. But anyway, whatever you like, that's fine. I'm not trying to be too political on this show. I only am when I have to be. But she is a piece of work. And the reason why we talk about Hillary Clinton is because on the show Who is America by Sasha Bora Cohen, which had an amazing season finale with O.J. Simpson. That shit was so funny. Speaking of mid-end credits, that's where you'll see O.J. when the credits end, taking a little page from Marvel. But O.J. was really, really funny. But speaking of which, so on one of his episodes, not the season finale, there is a mosque. So he has this character that is extremely liberal, and he has hyphenated last names, and he rides a bike, and so... He makes fun of the extremes on both sides, whether you're liberal or conservative, same way that South Park does. And they're libertarians. I believe that Sachibara Cohen is probably a liberal, but that's that's the lesson that you learn. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, we all thought were liberals, but they're not because of how controversial their comedy is. No, they're libertarians. And if you don't know what a libertarian is, I don't even think they know what a libertarian is. I don't even think anybody themselves know. But libertarians are people that want very little government and they want all the social aspects of what liberals want, but they want no government intervention. So like I said, everybody, I've said this before, everyone's a libertarian until they have to pay for shit. They don't believe in high taxes, but who does? And who wants to pay for anything? Who wants to pay for roads and hospitals and all that good shit? The post office, even though the post office sucks, but it would really suck if you don't have a government com- competitor and you just have FedEx and fucking UPS just competing and up pricing because nobody has a standard of what a pricing is for your package. So they made this mosque in this place in Nevada and the town did not know that they already had a mosque. So the character of Sasha Bora Cohen is presenting them this mosque to the community as if it's being built. And the, and the community is super duper racist. So uh, they even admit it to they're like, I'm racist versus Muslims. Blacks are not really welcome in here. Why are you bringing Muslims? It's very fascinating. And it's definitely an ode to people that think that there is no racism or racism doesn't affect anything in life. Ugh, definitely an eye opener. So the reason why I mentioned this is because the person in the in the freaking special said, about Hillary Clinton because they were like, oh, and then Hillary Clinton is going to do the ribbon cutting. And they go, oh, oh, she's a piece of work. And, oh, you should have told me it was her. I, I definitely wouldn't have been down with this. Oh, my gosh. there's no, So I learned this through she's a piece of work that Hillary Clinton is hated more than terrorists, extreme Muslim terrorists. She is hated more in the lock her up, lock her up, which is really funny because a lot of people got locked up in Trump's uh, cabinet. That's uh, Manafort and and Gates and uh, Michael Cohen got uh, a plea deal. His, uh, his lawyer that was hooking up Stormy Daniels with payments during the campaign couldn't grab her in the pussy hard enough. But anyway, so to Stormy Daniels, you're a piece of work. Trumpito, Trumpito, you are a piece of work. Still been saying, you're a fucking piece of work too. Hey! So we're all pieces of work, aren't we? Aren't we a work in progress? Isn't that another cliche? Are we all a work in progress? Or are some of us already done? 
I think we're done growing, some of us. So, what, yeah, what do you mean when you say that someone's a piece of work? Are you saying that this person is difficult? Are you saying that this person is a great piece of work, like, like a painting or a book? Look at this piece of work. Oh, this is fantastic. But no, when people say it, and I usually hear it in like the New York Queens and Brooklyn and Italians, and they'd be like, oh, yo, man, this, this motherfucker's a piece of work. I get it. Do you get it? Do you understand it? Are you that piece of shit? Are you a piece of work? You let me know. There are two types of people in this world. Cliche, cliche. Don't you hate that one? Because there's, it's pretty vague. It's so many types of people in the world, and yet you think that there's two types of people. And those are the ones that are a piece of work, and those are the ones that are a piece of shit. And to be honest, the only people that think that there are two... There's two types of people in the world. There are the have-nots and the haves and the haven't-say and haven't-you-seen and... Oh, damn, we just went from, uh, wow, hell no, hell no. It's kind of like that phrase from uh, Ricky Bobby's father. If you ain't first, you last. No, because there's a fifth and a sixth and a seventh. So there definitely are more two people, more than two people in this world. Definitely more than two kinds. There's definitely a lot of ugly people, a lot of fat people, a lot of dumb people. And I'm pretty sure the other side is not just the smart people. So let people be a piece of art and let people be a piece of shit. And you got to let them listen to all my previous podcast episodes. Like I said, this is episode 22, catch 22, I like to call it XX with two exclamation points. If you haven't noticed, I do the Roman numerals and I put exclamation points because of the V dog because of Sylvan Sane and my fucking logo. Shout out to Maria. She has helped me with that logo. And we're going to do some awesome promotions coming up for the show. Um, you st- There's no hiatus for uh, Keep Up. But there is a hiatus for Keeping It Real Hot and Fresh. I am still Vinsane. S-T-I-L-L-V-I-N-S-A-N-E. That is still Vinsane on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Tumblr, on Facebook. That's still Vinsane 3. You can follow my page on Keep Up NYC. That is on Instagram. There's also Keep Up on Facebook. Come on, guys. If you want the latest news on what I'm doing or where my voice is going to be lent next, hopefully on a cartoon soon, you never know. But uh, try to, if you do wear white, don't put a piece of cake on it, you fucking piece of work. Anyway... (laughs) I'm done with that. I'm done with the fucking dad jokes for today. So you, yes you, no, not the other you, and not the one to your other left. Yeah, the other right. You, shut the fuck up, listen up, and keep up with Sylvan Sane. I'm over the fuck over this, and I'm over and out, homies. Oh shit, there goes the mid-credit bitch. <laughs> I thought I was done, right? So we got one more. And it's... What the fuck? Did I just go? And I'm coming home with Drake. You know my biracial ass loves Drake. Oh, I just... Oh, fuck. 
I fucking dropped my Google Home, guys. Oh, it's all good. It's durable. So I went to go see Drake and Amigos in Brooklyn at the Barclays, and I brought my best friend, Devin. We'll get to that. And so Drake played with the Amigos. It was so dope. He doesn't play full all his hits anymore. He has so many. He's a Billboard chart topper and Billboard breaker. So the Migos uh, played first, and we were able to get floor seats. Shout out to Amex. Amex uh, had a pre-sale, so I was able to get floor seats, and we got there early. Shout out to my homegirl, Peaches. She um, was a bartender there, and she hooked us up with some free drinks. Hooked up uh, my friend Devin, who gets totally, totally wasted at every event that we go to. Um, Thankfully, I, I like to get loaded too, don't get me wrong, but this guy gets so loaded, sometimes it's not even fun watching him. But whatever. That's his thing, and I still have a good time with him. We had a good time at Kendrick, where I mind you, I did not take any pictures there, or he didn't take any pictures of me, and he wanders off on me on many festivals, so it's funny that he has a problem with taking a picture of me, even though I don't really ask him to take pictures of me. Maybe on vacation I have, but on concerts, whatever. So anyway, Drake, we were on the floor. We didn't get to see the Kiki moment where you know you got to see the people twerking on his social media feed. But we did get to uh, see a wonderful performance. The motherfucker was basically sweating on us. Uh, Like I said, we were at the Barclays. That happened on Thursday, on August 30th. Oh, my God. And I know that you guys know that I missed him last time in the summer 2016. His tour where he fucking broke his ankle. He made up for it this time. It was the best Drake concert I've ever seen. He had a veil over his, his... stage and it had lightning and CGI and it had him like falling down or something like that the Migos were really cool, it was the best I've ever seen the Migos, they were on point they sang all their hits, they sang the 22 Miles song uh, Fight Night, all that uh, my nemesis uh, Sarah I saw through her Snapchat, she got floor seats too, damn I was watching out for her, her and Wilson, and by the way I, I, I met up with, I, I bumped into somebody from that crew from Brazil and uh, he works at Showtime, and that would be a great connection, but the guy doesn't like me. So guys, don't talk to people that don't like you. It's a fucking waste of time, especially when you know they don't like you. Keep it moving. But anyway, so Drake, he performed so fucking good, and everybody was commenting on my fucking story. Everybody's like, how'd you get so close? Guys, I love Drake. I was going to make it happen. And while we were there, like I said, Devin, fuck you, Devin. This guy wouldn't take my picture. He was so loaded that he said he was so fucked up. Drinking, whatever, we were smoking, smoking mad blunts. This motherfucker would not take my picture. And then I turn around and he's taking a video. So guys, if you have selfish friends out there who don't want to take your picture, even though you have a podcast to promote, fuck that motherfucker. So that might be the last concert I go with my friend Devin because he's such a douchebag. Good job, Devin. Uh... I did not go to the U.S. Open. Last year I did with him, and we had a great time. So I did not go there. But the reason why I mention it is because Serena was in the news with her cat outfit from Wakanda. And I loved it. It was a great outfit. It helped with her circulation during her pregnancy. She was having some blood issues. And then you had this fucking misogynistic pig from the French Open say that they're going to crack down on outfits like that. So shout out to Serena because this chick came out with a tutu, and she rocked it. And unfortunately, she rocked Venus recently, the most lopsided uh, match between them two at the U.S. Open and uh, with between them two 
in general in versus competition they do very well in the doubles as well they're hall of famers venus is amazing she's the older sister serena serena is the best tennis player of all time leave her alone let her fucking dress the fucking way she wants as long as she's whooping that ass you just mad about that homie one more shout out to the 10 year anniversary of keeping it real hot and fresh once again we're two weeks uh, on a hiatus you can keep listening up next tuesday will be episode 23 this time i'm over and out homies that was your little mid end credit i hope you enjoyed <laughs>